Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, everyone. Uh, Commander Chris Hadfield here. When I was younger, I was a, a scout. I was a Cub Scout. And they taught me some really important things. They taught me to be ready. Every week we got together for a meeting and we had to prepare. We had to get our kerchief ready. We had to think about the various mottos and ideas of scouting. We had to try and qualify for things. We had to change who we were as young people to try and become more qualified and competent and understand the world around us. And with each one of those accomplishments, we got to earn badges and, and levels of, uh, of recognition. And that was a really important start for me. Because what I realized was, I don't always just have to be this little beginning of something. I can actually start to turn myself into maybe someone who could fly a rocket ship. Hi, uh, I'm Declan Brady. I'm part of the National Air Activities uh, Skills Adventure Team. And we're here on a little bit damp uh, Ballyboggle Airfield in the middle of the fantastic Yuller 22. The main thing for the Uller Challenge is to give our scouts, our, our, our youth members, an opportunity to engage with very particularly everything that goes on in aviation. It's such a big part of uh, the Irish economy and so on. Uh, and uh, I suppose as well, it's our opportunity to get a quite a large amount of STEM into scouting. Um, we're here, we're camping on the airfield. Everything that's happening around is to do with aviation, engineering, uh, rocketry, drones, the, the, the whole piece is available here to us today and the kids are interacting with that. It's fantastic. And, you know, from somebody who might remember scouting a long time ago about tying knots, it's now gone quite advanced. As you mentioned STEM, which is the whole idea of science, technology, engineering, maths. Yeah, no, I mean, we're still doing basic scouting as scouts and, you know, there's still obviously, you know, the opportunity for all of those basic scouting skills to be built on and then extended and applied through STEM type uh, programs, you know. Uh, you know, we, we, we build things that are pioneering, you know, the rocketry requires parachutes to be attached, that's our knots. You know, we have an emergencies team here because, you know, stuff happens, etc, etc, etc. So all of that 
for us in the Air Activities team comes together here at Yuller. Now you had a rather nice event last night involving people sitting in a field watching an astronaut. We did, we did. We have here what we call the Irie Arena on the Ballyboggle Airfield. That's a kind of a, a little cinema space. And uh, we had on the screen here uh, Commander Chris Hatfield uh, famous Canadian astronaut that has those great connections here to Ireland Inc. Um, we had the idea back in 2019 before COVID etc. Uh, because of those strong connections we had we wanted to tell him what we were doing and would he give us a message for the kids and he did. What really inspired me was maybe to someday walk on the moon. I watched the very first astronauts who went and walked on the moon and I just thought Wow, is that possible? That's really just sort of like a scouting badge. If I can somehow change who I am from this, this little nubbit of a person that I write now, maybe I can somehow become a person who could fly in space. But it's really up to me. I just have to earn all the right badges. I have to take who I am right now, study, work, prepare, get myself ready, and maybe someday someone will trust me to do something as magnificent as fly a rocket ship and become an astronaut and fly in space. And amazingly enough, that actually happened. As Chris said, it all starts with scouting. It's about giving kids the opportunity, the availability to learn, to grow, to explore themselves, to learn from that experience, to make the mistakes that need to be made in a safe environment, to build on that to have great imaginations and who knows where that goes. What would be your hope for the other challenge in years to come? You want to, to, to see it grow? We do. We want to, you know, in the years to come, perhaps have uh, opportunities spread more around the island. You know, Yuller will be here absolutely in Ballyboggle, but maybe we can bring some of what we were doing to different places. You know, there are other airfields we can go to and there are very portable things we can we can do. We also want uh, to bring back, that we did uh, back in 2019 and 2018, uh, skill days for scouters, because we want this programme in the scout dens, in the meeting places, on the camps and so on, so that everybody has access to this. If uh, somebody was living, uh, I suppose, a little bit disingenuous, they might think young people are a little bit less inclined towards scouting and more inclined towards technology. You've proved otherwise. Absolutely, we've 130 odd kids here today all getting stuck in with this technical stuff, you know, and uh, all of the different aspects of what makes this possible is on display here today for the kids to see and enjoy and explore. Troop alert! Troop, salute. So we're going to say our scout promise, right. and then we're going to raise the flag. And each of you can say your personal spiritual version. On my honour, I promise that I will do my best. I promise that I will do my best. 
to uphold our shared principles, to help my community, and to obey the Scout Law. Okay guys, thanks to the Irish Air Corps, all our challenge is now officially open. Into your bases. The Irish Air Corps crew will be down in the dining hotel having a breakfast, hopefully. Have a chat. Have a chat. Um, ask questions, find out what you want to know, figure out how you're going to fly that someday or fix it. Morning, I'm Captain Alan Bray and I'm a helicopter pilot in the Irish Air Corps. And we're here in your helicopter, in out of the rain, let's be fair, at a really interesting event. The other thing I've noticed about yourself and the crew, some of you are wearing neckerchiefs, a scout. That's right, uh, I'm an inactive scout at the moment. I was a scout leader in Chapel Izzet for quite a number of years. But then uh, when my twins were born a few years ago, I had to take a step back. Mm. But uh, hopefully I'll be back there again soon enough. Uh, tell me about the importance of, a, of an event like this for the scouts and indeed from the Air Corps point of view. Uh, well, for the scouts it's huge because from the for their air skills badge, it's quite difficult for a lot of the groups um, if they're not near an airfield or don't have someone who's involved in aviation in the group itself. It's quite difficult for them to be able to do the things they need to do to progress in that area and gain the skills involved or get any exposure to aviation really. So this event focuses that for, for all the scout groups around the country mm-hmm. and gives uh, one event that they can come and get exposure to aviation, uh, learn all about it and then progress in their air skills, skills badge. And I think another thing of course an event like this does is it breaks down kind of the, mar- the, the barriers and myths that people have of well I could never do that job or I couldn't get into that. Yeah absolutely and especially at that age you know um, it just seems like such a impossible feat but if you ask anyone in the Air Corps or a lot of people in aviation they'll tell you that you know once your focus is on it and it's what you want to do it's not that big a deal at all really you know once you once you keep at it it's, uh, it's quite easy uh, in, you know in a lot of ways So who have we got with us? So beside me is uh, my co-pilot is uh, Lieutenant Sean Kern and our crewman Lachlan Gillespie Airman Lachlan Gillespie Another scout Another scout yeah um, my troop is First Wicklow Greystones and uh, I do a good bit of work as well with the Lockdown Scout Centre And we saw you on arrival today actually with the door open hanging out of the helicopter what were you looking for? Uh, so my job as uh, the air, air crew in the heli is um, basically the pilot can only see pretty much from the 11 to 2 o'clock kind of area in front of them uh, so everything to the rear of that then on my side of the heli is kind of I have to keep eyes out for obstructions or hazards or people, anything like that. <laughs> and again, in the event like this and, and you as a scout, uh, did you have an opportunity as a scout to get anywhere near av- aviation or was that something that came later? Uh, it was definitely something that came later. When uh, when I was in scouts, um, the air side of the badges was kind of just forgotten about because mm-hmm. we didn't have access to uh, to anything to do with the air. Not a scout you? Uh, no, not a scout myself. But uh, I was given the honour of uh, raising the flag today, so it was yeah. nice to be able to participate in that. Of course, the other thing for the Air Corps is the 100th anniversary. It's been a busy year. It's been an extremely busy year. Uh, that's right. So the Air Corps are 100 years old this year and there's been the many events culminating the Bray Air Show, mm-hmm. uh, which I think was a, a big success for us. What advice would you have for somebody who was looking at a career and particularly the younger people who might be listening to us today if they were going to go in for it? Uh, I know I've been asked that question a good few times, all right, and people have asked about like choosing, leaving certain subjects and things. I wouldn't be too concerned about stuff like that. More so about uh, trying to develop in themselves the personal values that are going to be applicable 
and uh, all of the information is there available on uh, military.ie um, so all the competencies that they need including teamwork skills working under pressure um, communication uh, they're all uh, applicable and important things to be working on and things that you can do from a very young age and just developing yourself into the appropriate candidate and then the decision as to where you go within the Air Corps obviously because it's not all flying no, no, it's not offline. Uh, before I joined Helis, actually, I was in the military training school. So uh, when I finished recruit training, um, luckily I got posted into there. And uh, then I just got the help with the training of uh, the future. We're in the 139. What, what could be a typical role for this helicopter? You're saying it just came back from air ambulance work? That's right. This aircraft itself uh, was on air ambulance duty in Athlone. So the EAS, the Emergency Air Ambulance Service, based out in Athlone for the last number of weeks. It came back for some routine maintenance on Thursday uh, and another 129 helicopter was uh, was swapped down there. There was no break in service. But that would be uh, one of the main roles we achieved from there. So it's um, that is a joint operation with National Ambulance Service. Uh, but other roles include, uh, obviously, the military, military tasks. So working with the Army Ranger Wing and the Army, that could be fast roping, parachute drops, any type of uh, military service support like that. Uh, another thing that keeps us quite busy, especially during the summer and a summer like we've had now, is firefighting. So what mm. we call Bambi bucketing, where we um, we have a, a large bucket of water underneath the aircraft um, that we use to fight fires. Everything and anything in between, mm. uh, anything that's required of us. What does it actually feel like for you when you release the water? Because there's suddenly a lot of weight coming off the helicopter. That's right. We'd normally have about 1,250 litres underneath the aircraft. So that's a, quite a large percentage of our maximum all of weight mm. that gets released in one go so there's uh, essentially it's like a huge jolt the aircraft jolts upwards uh, and then obviously you can lower power then to compensate for that but initially when you release yeah there's a, there's a bit of a jolt upwards and the aircraft feels very light all of a sudden and is that a two pilot operation a, a drop of water, a dropping water yeah well the 129 is a two pilot crew uh, at all times but Firefighting would probably be one of the more, probably the most intense role that we have. Um, so we tend to try to split the, the flying as much as we can with that, you know, maybe one pilot will fly for 10 drops and then the other pilot and swap over. And we do a lot of that because uh, you certainly need it. It's quite fatiguing um, throughout the day. They tend to be long days as well. So you definitely need a break. Well, we've got to head back to the activities that are happening here uh, at Ballyball. Guys, thanks for chatting to us. Yeah, no problem at all. Thank you. Katie Bergen, no stranger to Squawk 7000. And when the helicopter arrived in today from the Air Corps, you were quite busy. I was. I um, greeted the Air Corps and did my little scout salute to them. They did their army salute back. Very proud of it. Um, I received the flag off them and we hung it up. Now, what I didn't realise was that from the point of view of air activity with the scouts, there are different levels. Can you go through them for give you a rough idea of what's involved? There are. So in scouting, we have a few activities, one of them which is air activities, and we have nine stages for that, nine stages for each badge. And you work your way up, you do different activities and learn different skills to get up to your different stages. What's the top level? Nine. What level are you? I'm level nine. (laughs) (laughs) I guessed as much. And you were involved in the briefing last night? The safety briefing, that went really well. Yeah. What, would, what were the things you were covering? Just went over, FOD is a very important one, um, how to behave on an active runway uh, at an active airfield. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, use your common sense, mm-hmm. don't litter, don't be messing, make sure you have visual eye contact, uh, communication with the pilot mm-hmm. if you're going near a plane. Treat all 
propellers and aircraft as live and dangerous. Even if they're not on? Even if they're not on. What uh, would you say to somebody who was thinking of getting involved in scouting and particularly with some of the air activities? I think it's an amazing thing. Um, You learn so many amazing skills at scouts, like everything from air activities to first aid, camping, backwoods, everything's brilliant. Um, Lots of water activities too. You just learn skills for life, survival skills, that's it. What's your next aviation activity? Still training, Mm -hmm. still tipping away. Good. Well, best of luck with the event. Thank you so much, Michael. Uh, Morning, Michael. I'm Kieran from the air activities team here at Uller this weekend didn't quite get the weather we were hoping for but uh, we crack on nonetheless um, to be fair that's never going to stop a scout is it no absolutely not um, we to be honest we were a little bit concerned about our, our industry speakers whether they they would be okay with the rains because if we didn't scout when it was raining we wouldn't scout at all um, but everyone's just got stuck in it's great it's going great so far and for the point of view of people listening to us and this they have no idea at all about the connection between scouting and aviation so there's a long history of air scouting, um, not just in Ireland, but internationally. And about oh, maybe 15 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, we reorganised the programme in Scouting Ireland to not have specific air scouts, but just to incorporate air and aviation and all things kind of STEM related into the, into the, into the programme. So scouts, when they join at, you know, um, six, seven as beavers, they have nine different areas that they can uh, gain awards in. So we have our traditional scouting things like hill walking, first aid, pioneering, camping. But aviation or air activities are one of those. So we've nine levels of progression that they can go through, starting from, I understand, the parts of an aircraft, wing, engines, all the way up, right to people who will get to level nine that have actually got airborne. They've done full VFR flight plans. So it's a, it's a very progressive system from one to nine. And we have, I'm sure you'll talk to her at some stage today, but we have Katie around who's our youngest level nine. I think she's only about 15 or 16. Mm-hmm. And that's an incredible achievement to get through all those levels in that time. And to be fair, we saw Katie involved there with the marshalling of the arriving helicopter and the flag. And she gave the safety briefing to all the youth members last night. So obviously the airfield is still active over the weekend as part of the attraction of the Uller event. And Katie gave a great safety briefing talking to them about FOB, you know, the dangers of live propellers, what to watch out for when an aircraft is starting. So yeah, great job. Now, you mentioned the Uller event. Uh, and again, I'm very keen initially just to get a context for this because to be fair, it's a Saturday morning. The cloud is on the deck. There's, it's, it's hardly even VFR at this stage. We're trying to look down here towards the airport. You can't even see the tower. What brings a bunch of enthusiastic young people and their leaders to an airfield on a Saturday? Well, I think first thing, credit to their leaders, because if we didn't have adult volunteers in scouting, none of this would happen, either on the air team side or the scouting side. So all over the country, we're just getting back to scouting. September is the start of our scouting year. So all the adults who are here have basically put this together at very short notice to to get teams of four here. So the structure of the weekend is ranging from 11 and a half, 12 years up to 17 teams of four will go around different activities during the day so we have some that are just to allow them to chill like we planetarium and stuff like that where they can just kind of hopefully learn a little bit and and take half an hour out but we also have flight sims we have drones we have engineering base we have atc air accident investigation team are here to 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 help us so we get phenomenal support from the industry like if you were to run this event commercially i think it would probably be 750 euros a ticket you know it's 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 uh yeah the industry comes together 
together to support young people who have an interest in aviation, and it's phenomenal to see. What's your involvement? So I'm part of the Air Activities team, so um, like most of us, there's probably about eight or ten of us that form the core team that run the air or aviation programme within Scouting Ireland. Um, so most of us would be scout leaders in a group, so I'm based in Waterford with a group of scouts down there. Um, and the team come together, so our kind of our scouting day job, so to speak, is the, the local group in Waterford, and then our, our side hustle is uh, to try and put some events together to promote aviation and primarily the career opportunities within aviation and STEM to, to youth members. So there's a lot of activities that scouting do, which are kind of character building, like camping, hill walking, looking after your own gear, planning a budget, all of that kind of stuff. But, you know, we kind of feel that we have a little bit of a niche there in that there's a huge amount of careers in aviation, aerospace, all of that kind of stuff. And if you don't have the fortune or misfortune to come from an aviation family, a lot of that seems unreachable. You fly yourself. I do. I fly down to Waterford. Um, I'm with Waterford Aero Club. Where you know we fly down there. We're really lucky with three one seventy twos. All the facilities of Waterford Airport yeah. that go with it, and we're an approved training organisation. So, yeah, it's great, great, uh, great side gig. And as you mentioned, the idea of making it accessible. I mean, even the idea sometimes of a club can sometimes seem a bit distant, maybe to a young boy or girl thinking I'd like to get in there but how do we get through the door? I think you know if you google I want to be a pilot or you know I, I want to be a, an engineer a, a lot of that stuff seems kind of unreachable like it seems like such a distant pipe dream and a lot of times what will be number one and number two search results on google will be the 120 150,000 euro solution and I think what we're trying to get across you know on, on weekends like this and the activities we run is that there are a whole lot more ways into the industry than writing a check for 150 grand so, you know, Dublin ATC are here, the IAA are here, the AAIU, um, we have engineering people from um, from the IAA. Like, there's just, now it's only a 30, 45 minute glimpse into each of those areas, but um, hopefully somebody will see something or they'll get an opportunity to speak to somebody today and they'll file it in the back of their mind and then a CIO comes up and they're picking careers. They just know that it's an option or they know that they can come and talk to us on the air team and we give them as best advice we can. Over in the distance here, there are tents. People stayed here last night. Yeah, so it's a weekend event. Um, so the groups arrive from all over the country on Friday night. Um, we have central catering down there. So all they literally have to do is arrive, pitch a tent and sleep. We do uh, individual catering. So the kids will cook for themselves because that's a life skill and it's something that we want them to develop. But if we have weekends like this where the program is particularly hectic and we don't want them to take time out to go and spend an hour and a half cooking dinner, We'll, uh, we'll cater it for them. Where are the scouts from today? All over the country. Okay. So um, I know there's obviously a group here from Waterford because I know them. Um, we have groups from Clare, Mead, uh, Dublin, Wexford. I'm trying to remember the rundown from last night in my head, but <laughs> yeah. all over the place. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. So how's it going? I'm Colin from Irish Rocketry and we're here with the Scouts launching a couple of rockets today. And we are actually in a tent with people what, assembling their own rockets though? So we've got, we're in a small tent with four teams at the moment. Um, the teams are building small kits designed for schools, scouting groups and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, I've asked them not to read the instructions what they are, <laughs> right? Because they, they kind of need to go with the instructions. Uh, and what we're, the plan is that they're going to follow the instructions, build a kit, they click together, they're nice and simple. They got together in about 10-15 minutes. And later when the rain clears up, we're going to go outside and we're going to fly them. So, what are the restrictions, requirements, parameters for flying a rocket? Depending on the size of the rocket. Um, so, the, the larger the rocket, we need a larger recovery area. To launch a rocket, though, it can be quite small. So, we, for these smaller rockets, we've got a small stand. Um, so, essentially what you need to fly the small kits that we have is a, is a large field. It's almost like a, a GAA pitch or something like that. It's generally ideal. Tell me more about Irish Rocketry then. What's that about? So back in 2006, if I can remember correctly, myself and a guy called Ash McFadden from Donegal. He's an American guy. Uh, we got together and we formed the Irish Rocketry Society. Uh, we went to the UK. We got certified. So the group is internationally recognised. Um, we're governed by a group called the Tripoli Rocketry Association out of the States. Oddly enough, it is linked to Tripoli in Libya from back in the 60s when the guys had small gold coins from Libya and they sold the gold coins to get themselves started up. Uh, we're a non-profit, so the idea is that we go around, we, we sponsor all the STEM stuff that in Ireland, so we go out, we go to schools, we go to groups, we build small rockets with them, we build slightly larger rockets depending with the universities, we build much larger rockets and we fly them depending on what the, the site will we can do. Okay, on the site. so uh, rockets aren't anything new, they've been around for centuries, haven't they? Well, the Chinese kind of had a, a very crude system but that was for warfare not for scientific research or anything like that so the Germans started obviously during the second world war with rockets um, and essentially for, for bombing and then kind of for higher altitude to gain an advantage over the enemy um, second world war ended uh, both sides Russia and the US captured these rocket scientists von Braun being one of the most famous brought them to NASA and then obviously you had men on the moon and 15 plus years later. So what's the Irish interest then? Is, is it ultimately to get oh, as high as you possibly can in the atmosphere? The Irish interest is probably just more for the fun of it, for, for myself, it's for the fun. 
um, gets me out and about. We do we do stuff like this. There are groups though within colleges though that are really interested. Obviously from a scientific point of view, uh, research point of views, and also though for it, it's something different in a class. So we had the IT out a couple of years ago, and their avionics team. They it's a full theory course, so no physical hardware involved. So we had them out, and they had to physically build a rocket, which a lot of them had never done. In 2017, we had the International Space University over down in Cork, and a lot of these guys they're they're astronauts or they're in the space industry. So to tie in with these groups is phenomenal for us. Um, but it's the ground root stuff. There was nothing when I was a kid. There was nothing here like this. So essentially, you give back. But it's there was nothing there before you. So what did you create? Tell me, tell me about altitude then with, with this because that, I suppose when you send a rocket skywards you're curious about how high will you actually get it to go uh, it's, it's essentially a power to weight ratio yeah. so today we're looking maybe two or three hundred metres for the smaller rockets now there's some rockets here that we can get to six or seventy thousand feet no problem they'll go twice the speed of sound they'll overtake Concorde um, we're not going to fly those because we're inside the, technically we're inside the control zone for the airport but it is a power to weight ratio that's why it's really expensive to send people up yeah. um, for the smaller kits that the kids are going to build today there's a couple of different motors that we're going to use um, and those motors provide the amount of power or impulse um, that provides the thrust and that will dictate how high we go also the amount of water in the atmosphere so depending on where you launch if you launch off the equator you get it because the air rotates you get an extra bit of, bit of kick to your rock as against here in a field in North County Dublin on a wet day it's a little bit more difficult we wouldn't get as high I'm curious has anyone ever attached a camera to any of your rockets so yes they have uh, we support a group uh, a thing called Cansat and they literally put a GoPro on the side and they we got great video footage off that you can actually buy kits with high definition cameras built in so for maybe $100 or something like that you can go out you can buy the kit and then via Bluetooth or off a USB just plug it in and get the video footage of your rocket leaving do you always get your rocket back? no <laughs> it's been expensive um, there's rockets up trees there's rockets in lakes there's rockets in the sea there's rockets that have hit the ground and are now basically confetti unfortunately uh, don't always get them back it's nice to get them back because they are completely reusable the kits that the kids are building today are again completely reusable we'll launch them they'll take out the small motor once they recover it they can just repack the parachute bit of wadding put in a new motor and the rocket should be able to go again now sometimes it's great because if they get damaged then they have to think what happens it's failed so they've got to think about how if they want to fly it again they've got to be able to think about fixing it what do you put back on it and if anybody finds one of these rockets what should they do so they can just go to irishrocketry.com uh, there's a contact us just tell me you found a rocket the email comes to myself if it's a small rocket keep it right if it's one of the large ones it's going to belong to somebody and they've put a lot of time and effort in so the kids today and when we go to launches or to schools the kids keep the kits it's theirs essentially um, and if I'm at an event or something like this and if I just pull kids out of the crowd normally what I do is the kid comes up press the button it's their rocket because they've pressed the button and that's normally what we do tell me about some of the activities going on here what have you got them doing so at the moment we gave them a kit kit came pre-done from the US just unassembled so they've assembled the kits uh, some of them have followed the instructions I've asked some of them not to to try it first because it, it gives you a bit of learning that's a really interesting approach too because most people I know wouldn't actually read the instructions anyway so. not, no but they, they, they wouldn't but if, if you 
if you give them a problem going to Mars for example we don't have a set of instructions yes, yes. going yeah. you know when, we, when the US started testing high altitude aircraft or something they had no set of instructions so they have to they have to test and that sort of stuff so it gets them into a, a frame of mind of testing and are trying to just work out problems or anticipate problems it, it looks like you have a team here who are actually finished I've, I've Hi guys, team how are you? Are <laughs> do you want to say hello and who you are and where you're from yeah I'm Philip. This is Caitlin, Bronwyn and Georgia and we're from Blessington. In Blessington, yeah. what have you just managed to complete? We've just built a rocket. Are you sure? <laughs> yes. Did it's you follow the instructions? No, nope. no okay. instructions. So what have you learned from the process? To work as a team. And, yeah. Folks, did, did you work as a team or was just one person in charge? No, we, we were as a team. Yeah? Yeah. yeah? Okay, so there's some teamwork oh, and you get to launch it later on. Yeah. What, what are your expectations of it? Where is it going to go? Mars. <laughs> Excellent. Well, uh, unless you've packed uh, anything else in there, messages to anybody in Mars or anything, no? Yeah, yeah of to course. The yeah. To the yeah, yeah, yeah. As well. okay. yeah. Brilliant. Well, the best of luck with the launch. Thanks, Thank you. What really inspired me was maybe to someday walk on the moon. I watched the very first astronauts who went and walked on the moon, and I just thought, wow, is that possible? That's really just sort of like a scouting badge. If I can somehow change who I am from this, this little nubbit of a person that I write now, maybe I can somehow become a person who could fly in space. But it's really up to me. I just have to earn all the right badges. I have to take who I am right now, study, work, prepare, get myself ready, and maybe someday someone will trust me to do something as magnificent as fly a rocket ship and become an astronaut and fly in space. And amazingly enough, that actually happened. To get the news first, subscribe now to Squawk 7000 on your favourite podcast platform.